Please stand as we read a couple of verses here. Psalm 73, verse number 21. My heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I, and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee, Lord. Verse number 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, They that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed them all that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all thy works. Oh, James chapter 4 and verse number 8. Just the first three verses, or words I should say, a few words. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Heavenly Father, we pray for your direction this evening as we consider a few of these thoughts. We ask that we might be strengthened in the inner man. We might be strengthened in the outer testimony of the inner man. Bless your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. By the way, next weekend is... No. Not not, not Mike. Okay. (laughs) Next Saturday is the ladies' uh, Bible study. At our prayer meeting last last Saturday, I shared James 4, 8 with the men who were there. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh to you. After a few simple remarks, one of the men asked, How do we draw nigh to the Lord? Well, quickly I fired off a couple more shallow comments, and then we took some prayer requests, and then we went off to prayer. As I thought about it later, I questioned whether or not I had, that morning, actually drawn nigh to the Lord. Certainly, going to prayer is not necessarily the same thing as drawing nigh to God. The questions hovered over me for the last several days, prompting me to think that perhaps we could all benefit by spending a few minutes considering the subject. But I already know that this is not going to be an in-depth study because I'm not sufficient for an in-depth study on this subject. So I'm just throwing out some light stuff for the Holy Spirit to take and uh, grind into your hearts this evening. In our opening psalm, Asaph begins to praise Jehovah for his faithfulness toward Israel. Then he says in verse number two, But as for me personally, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. After that, the psalmist speaks of some of his hidden sins like envying those wicked people who were prospering in this world. Why doesn't God deal with those people? Those people who who mistreat the righteous, give them so much grief. 
Asaph comes very close to accusing the Lord of malfeasance and not judging wickedness. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Verse number 17. Eventually, he comes to the wonderful five verses that we read a few minutes ago, including, it is good for me to draw near to God. In drawing nigh to God, he found answers to his questions, and his soul was uplifted. It is good to draw near to God. But again, how do we do that? Are there steps to follow? Is there a a ten-step plan that we can uh, uh, incorporate into this? Are the Methodists right? Do you understand that the Methodists followed certain methods to begin with? Are the Methodists right and there's a pattern that we should follow in order to get near God? Or how about the Episcopalians, the Anglicans, and their Book of Common Prayer, their rule book? You do these things... Good things happen, that sort of thing. Are they right? I don't think so. But still, how do we draw nigh unto the Lord? Let me just share a few thoughts with you this evening. Try to implement them as the Lord directs you to do so. But first, there are some things to keep in mind in regard to our question. First of all, God is omnipresent, and therefore we are never really out of his presence. He's everywhere, everywhere all the time. So drawing nigh to the Lord doesn't involve any sort of physical movement. As I was thinking about this subject and dotting down ideas, it occurred to me that I could use several of the attributes of God as the outline to this, these thoughts about drawing nigh to the Lord. For example, God is a spirit. God is spirit. Therefore, we must draw nigh unto him in spirit and in truth. Taking another scripture and applying it there. And the Lord is absolutely holy. So we must draw nigh with spiritually bare feet and our hands clean. The Holy God tells us that whatsoever is not of faith is unacceptable to him, rendering unbelievers unfit to approach the Lord. Draw nigh unto God. And then there's the necessity of genuine humility. In that regard... We have the context of James' exhortation, which I'll just read right now and we'll come back to it in a few minutes. James 4, 6. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, to God. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. As I say, I'll come back to these in just a minute. But returning to my first point, God is omnipresent. So drawing nigh has little to do with going to church. 
or climbing to the top of some mountain peak so you can be close to God. We can draw nigh to the omnipresent God right where we are and in the moment in which we live. I'm not saying that we shouldn't go into our prayer closet from time to time to draw near to the Lord, but that's not necessary. The Lord is with us wherever we are. We're children of God. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. He is here with us. When the Lord reminds you that you are straying, you can, at that point, turn and draw nigh to the Lord. But how? Psalm 50 tells us that every beast of the forest is God's. And he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So, it would be pointless to approach the Lord with bribes. Can I come into your... I've got, I've got cake for you, Lord. I've got a nice piece of pie. Can I come visit you? He doesn't accept the works of our hands as the means of this sort of thing. There are other things about the nature of the Lord which should teach us how to draw nigh. For example... He is omniscient. Yes. There's nothing you're going to hide from him. He knows it all. Before I get into my uh, suggested, suggested answers to the question, consider what it is to draw nigh. Of course, I hope everyone understands that to draw nigh means to draw near. That's not a big one. Or more simply, to get close. Our two English words, draw nigh, or actually one Greek word. And that word is translated half a dozen times, but they all mean essentially the same thing. Draw nigh, come near, be at hand, that sort of thing. What I found interesting when I was studying the word is the context that these words are found. There is a drawing nigh which is sinful, even drawing nigh to the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 8, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That kind of approach is obviously not what James speaks of. But it does remind us to make sure that we are not being hypocritical in our approach. Why do I want to be near the Lord? Is it or something that I want from him, or whatever. Sometimes the drawing nigh is in regard to time. Romans 13, 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Same word. The day is nigh. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. And again, James' reference to drawing nigh has nothing to do with time except in the sense that right now is a good time. It's always a good time to draw nigh to the Lord. Sometimes that Greek word is used in regard to physical proximity. Acts 9, 3. And as Saul, the persecutor, journeyed, he came near. He drew nigh Damascus, and suddenly there shined about him a light from heaven. So this drawing nigh 
in this regard is getting us a little closer to what I think James refers to. But there's also a somewhat mysterious or mystical use of the word. It comes up over and over again in the Gospels, usually from the lips of the Lord Jesus, but also John uses it this way. I notice that Luke particularly likes to use this word. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is nigh. The kingdom of heaven is at hand in what way? Chronologically? In other words, pretty soon it's going to be here? Or is it physical? Is it spiritual? Is it all of the above? Hmm. Which of these relates to James' exhortation to us to draw nigh to God? Maybe we should keep all of these in mind as we think about the subject. How can we, how should we draw nigh to the Lord? Before we begin, there needs to be a full understanding about the one to whom we are approaching. This is the Lord. This is Elohim. This is the creator. He is the God who killed 99.999% of the population of the world with the flood. You want to get close to this kind of God? He is the God of the Ten Commandments. He is the one who said, while the Ten Commandments were being given, don't let anyone touch this mountain. You touch this mountain, you die. This is the God who said, don't you touch the Ark of the Covenant, you will die. And men did die. This is the God who raised the dead. It's also the God who put the priests Nadab and Abihu into death. He can lift them up and he can put them down. We're talking about approaching the God who has never been seen with human eyes. In other words, drawing nigh to God must involve his grace. Or we would not live through that meeting. It's graciousness. It's an awesome privilege to come unto the Lord. It shouldn't be taken lightly. And as a corollary to that, there needs to be an understanding that we are unworthy of any kind of approach to the Lord. Constantly. Work on that. Moses drew nigh to the burning bush. But he did so at the Lord's invitation unworthily. Isaiah was transported to the throne room of God. And he was unworthy. He knew it. He cried out later, Woe is me! For I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips. Simply because James says, Draw nigh unto God... It doesn't mean that we can just uh, saunter up to the Lord in our sins and in our ignorance and in our pride and say, Hi, I'm a child of God and you invited me to come, so here I am. That's uh, asking for trouble. If you feel unworthy of this approach, it's an indication that you are headed in the right direction. When you know that you are unworthy of approaching the Lord, you have some important knowledge there. Don't stay away from the Savior if he is inviting you. I'm talking to Christians. 
But at the same time, never forget that you are unworthy. It doesn't matter if you feel or not feel. You are unworthy of drawing nigh to the Lord. No matter what you might have done recently for the Lord's glory. The only access we have is through the sacrifice. Through the Lord Jesus. We should probably consider the source of this desire. I want to approach the Lord. From where does that come? I wonder how many millions of people over the years have read James 4 and verse number 8 and had no inclination to approach the Lord. Never took it seriously. You have. From where did that come? Why do you want to approach the Lord? I know that John 6.44 is talking about coming to the Savior for a deliverance from sin, for salvation. But I'm not sure that, it's a, that it isn't a general principle. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. If the Holy Spirit doesn't put into a person's heart to draw nigh to the Lord, I'm not sure that even a, a good Christian of his own accord will want to do that. It's an invitation from the Holy Spirit. It's a desire that he plants in our hearts. Check the history of your own life. You'll find pros and cons, I'm pretty sure. But right now, you have a burden. You have a desire. You have a yearning to draw yourself up close to the Lord. Do it. Because the very burden itself is an indication of acceptance. Despite how unworthy you are. That desire is one of the Lord's gifts to you. And it may not be there tomorrow. Like all of the Lord's gifts. Could be withdrawn. How should we draw nigh to the Lord? Do we do so as a prodigal. That we are all sinners should be something we never deny. That I am an unworthy sinner should be something that is never far from my mind. That we are unfit for admission into the Lord's throne room, we should know to be true. Even so... Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4.16 Our unworthiness is a major part of our need. Our unworthiness is a... The recognition of our unworthiness is a first good step to drawing nigh to the Lord. But again, I go back to the context of James' exhortation. He says, wash your hands. Wash them by faith in the water that was made righteous and cleansing by the blood of the red heifer. That is Christ Jesus. Purify your hearts. Of course, there's no dish soap. There's no Lysol spray. There's no bleach that can purify any heart. For this, again, we have to go back to the Savior. 
Lord, I long to reproach, but my heart is filthy. It is unfit. Please, Lord, cleanse me. If we confess our sins, if we confess our need of cleansing, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We purify our hearts by giving them over to the Lord to scrub down. Verse 9 in James says, Be afflicted and mourn and weep. I'm not going to tell you that unless there are physical tears, you will never be able to draw nigh unto the Lord. But neither am I going to tell you there will never be reason for those tears. If they come, let them flow. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. Psalm 34, verse number 18. Be afflicted, mourn, weep. If your fellowship with the Lord has died, then there is good reason to mourn. This is something worthy of our grief. Perhaps you picture the Lord, perhaps you picture the throne room of God as high over your head. I am not going to rob you of that image if you like it. And you may say that you're no good with ladders. After the tenth step, they just get harder and harder to make. I'm not going up Jacob's ladder to get all the way to heaven. You don't need it. The Lord has provided an elevator for quick and easy access. Verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. He shall lift you up. Humility is one key. It's perhaps the primary key of drawing nigh to the Lord. Psalm 138 verse 6. Though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly. Don't use your lack of worth as an excuse from drawing nigh to God. You are unworthy. We all are. A recognition of your lack of worth is the key to unlocking the door into the Lord's presence. But of course, our humble hearts likely are not the only voices that are saying, how can you draw nigh to the Lord? Our great spiritual enemy, who is called in the word of God the accuser of the brethren, doesn't want you to be close to the heart of God. So he raises the question, who are you to meet the Lord? Who are you to have close fellowship with the Holy One. Satan will do his best to keep you from the blessings of the Lord. That may make it necessary to be diligent because he's going to try to keep you away. Keep knocking at the Lord's door until he opens it for you. Verse 7 once again. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God. He will draw nigh unto you. Does Matthew 7, 7 apply? Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock. It shall be opened unto you. I'll close by adding one more thought. 
to the last one. Don't stop. Don't quit. To be near the Lord is something we need every day. Constantly. Not just for the preacher on Sunday morning. He needs it all the time. And so do you. But the very gravitational nature of life, the nature of our own human hearts, makes it necessary for us to continually draw an eye. Snuggle up. Don't James' words imply consistency? Draw an eye to God. 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 He will draw an eye to you. Why does he say it? Because we need it. And we need it constantly. We need the Lord's blessings every moment of every day. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you.